Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and plenty happening as we talked about on our last episode here on Sixers Fix. The Adelaide 36ers are the, the NBL Blitz champions and now just days away from starting the NBL season in Perth against the Wildcats and then on Sunday against the Illawarra Hawks at home. Plenty to get through. Now Scott Ninnis, as always, you're joining me. I'm Chris Pike. But before I get to you, Scotty, I'm joined by a very special guest, Daniel Johnson. Thanks for thanks for joining us and you're back home in your, your old hometown. Yeah, been on the road for a while now, but um, yeah, happy to be back in Perth for a bit of time leading into our first game. Yeah, fantastic to have you here, and I appreciate you joining us for this episode. And, and Scotty, um, hasn't been long since we last last chatted, but how do, we, how do we find you now? Not too bad at all, mate. I uh, seem to be the missing uh, missing link here. Uh, you got folks all having fun over there in Perth, and I'm sitting here uh, a sweltering 33-degree day here in Adelaide. So... Uh, I think I'd probably be rather over there, but um, I guess uh, probably with, with as far as DJ goes, he'd probably like to get home at some stage. I've been on the road for, what is it, about three and a half weeks now, DJ, is it? Yeah, we're getting on, getting on a bit, missing home, but uh, yeah, not too long now, hopefully. And uh, I mean, obviously the Blitz was successful, mate, and, uh, you know, winning the whole thing. Uh, you know, I think we all know that you can't take a lot of look a lot into pre-season form, but probably we're having such a newish team. Probably winning those games was a was a good sideline to the the actual build-up. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, having guys in and out of the team, and you know, not running a lot of our sets, it's kind of you know hard for us to really see where we're at. But um, I think just you know, guys competing. Um, you know, we got down in a few games and just fighting back into those games and, and ended up winning five out of fives. Um, just a good sign of where the group's at. And you managed to kick up 25 shots, I see, in one game, DJ. <laughs> so obviously, uh, obviously still getting, uh, yeah, still getting shots up. Has, uh, has DJ spoken to you much about your role this year? Do you see that being any different for the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, we've talked a little bit. Um, he's pretty much just said it'll be, it'll be pretty similar to, to past years. Um, yeah, I'll still be getting a few shots up, as you can see. But, um, no, I think, you know, we've got a pretty deep group this year. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys have come off the bench and give a big impact. So, yeah, I'm just trying to slot in and, and see where I fit in the group. Now, Scotty, we've got, we've got, Scotty, we've got plenty to talk to DJ about as this episode goes on. But going back to last season, he was our, our MVP winner here on Sixers Fix, thanks to Premium Wine Tours. Now, I don't think he's been able to cash in his price just yet, has he? I keep offering, mate. He's uh, he's working to cash in at any stage. It's probably uh, it's probably getting a little, little bit difficult now as we get uh, get into the season proper. But it's uh, it's still there whenever he wants it, mate. He uh, he's, he's earned it well and truly. So uh, the car the car's ready whenever uh, whenever he gets a spare day. DJ. You probably have to wait until the end of the season now. Possibly. Yeah, it might be. You want to have two <laughs> to cash in by then? Bit of a dry streak at the moment, but um, no, nah, we'll definitely be cashing that in once the season's done. You want to have two to cash in by then as well? Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> now, speaking of that, Scotty, he's a six-time club MVP winner now. Um, it's only a matter of time before he before he surpasses somebody pretty special, isn't it? Oh, and there will be not, will not be a funnier day in my life because... Uh, <laughs> 
because old uh, old knows he's a little bit precious to that Dido's downside of him as six time uh, club uh, MVP, and uh, to move ahead of him would be uh, absolutely hysterical. He's uh, still, still got a bit of ways to go to catch the uh, great man Mark Davis with nine, but. Uh, uh, he's well poised to uh, to get get ahead of the grey ghost, I reckon. So that'd be uh, that'd be quite humorous. We'll talk a bit more in detail about your time in Adelaide later, DJ. But I don't think when you first arrived in Adelaide, you would have ever thought, you know, what is it, eleven or twelve years later, you'd be still playing at the Thirty Sixes. Like we said, you'd be a six-time club MVP, and you would have done what you've done, and and more importantly, call Adelaide home. Yeah, no, it's been a you know pretty interesting journey. Um, obviously, got there young and just trying to get an opportunity and um, kind of establish establish myself in the league and just turned out really well. Like I fell in love with Adelaide, the city first and foremost, and then met my wife and yeah, it's just been a really enjoyable journey and I'm you know really happy to call Adelaide home now. DJ, fast forwarding to, uh, to to where we are now with the current lineup. Uh, who are the new players has, has impressed you and uh, you know, can the Adelaide home crowd look forward to seeing uh, in full flight for come Sunday? I mean, like, like I said, I think we're pretty deep this year. We've got a lot of different guys that are going to come in and, and give an impact. I think um, first our imports, you know, Dusty's one of the best shooters I've, you know, I've played with. So I think he's going to definitely get some nights where he just, you know, goes crazy and drops 40 and... Um, Todd is, you know, an elite defender. Uh, I think he's going to be in, in the running for Defensive Player of the Year this year. So um, those two guys are going to be pretty special for the guys to, to watch out there. And, um, you know, I've been really impressed with Tad Duffelmeyer. He hasn't played much in the in the preseason, but uh, I think he's going to actually do a lot more than people expect this year and um, really, you know, gives a good punch coming off the bench and, and running that backup point position. So, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about. I want to follow up a bit, bit more about with, with Dusty Hannons, if I can. I mean... On our last episode, Jamie Perlman said that he's the best shooter that he's ever rebounded for, and he's been involved in basketball for, for 30 years, so that's a fair rap. But I think what might endear him to 36ers fans more than anything was that he he had a run-in with Kevin White on over over at the Blitz. That's a pretty fast way to become a 36ers favourite, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Dusty's pretty pretty fiery when people get under his skin. He um, doesn't take a backward step, but um, you know, that's a good trait to have. And uh, mm. you, know, you see what happened after he got fired up. He... Hit 13 points in a row, so yeah. Hopefully, we'll be you know more people will be hitting him in games this year, and he'll be you know making the most of it. But, uh, we didn't see a lot of uh, Kai Soto dur- during the blitz, and I know he's had uh, had a few little aches and pains. Where, where's he at, uh, at this stage, as far as leading into the season? Uh, yeah, I think he's just got a bit of a you know knee niggle. Um, I don't think it's anything too serious. Um, you know, they're just trying to rest him, get him ready for game one. Uh, I'm hoping he can play. I mean, he obviously hasn't been out there on the track much, and he's you know hasn't really got the the runs under his belt at the moment. But I think once we get him going, um, you know, he's going to do some special things. You know, seven threes, he's long, he can block shots, and you know, finish around the ring. So he's going to be, you know, I think a real uh, fan favourite for everyone. But, well, sorry, um, Clemson in that first game, didn't he? That, that dunk that he did off the, the rolling screen, that was that was pretty nice. Yeah, he can do some, some you know, pretty elite things out there. So, yeah, we just got to manage him and, and make sure we're taking care of his body. And speaking of injuries, mate, I guess probably the one that uh, all of the 36ers fans are holding their breath is, is, is Isaac Humphreys. Uh, how's he coming along? Yeah, I've been good. Um, 
you know, he played some good minutes when he was out there. Uh, I think he, he tweaked his shoulder a little bit in one of the games, so I think they're just being, you know, precautious with that. But um, he, he trained today and he looked really good again, so it's looking like he'll be ready for game one, which will be, you know, really good to have him back out there. And speaking of game one, the uh, the old uh, the arch enemy, the Perth Wildcats. Uh, what do you have to do to get uh, get a first up win against them on Friday night, DJ? Uh, we've, we've talked about really just controlling what we can control. Um, you know, those first few blitz games were, had over 20 turnovers in both of them. So just about looking after the ball. Um, you know, Perth historically have been a great, you know, rebounding team. So just keeping them off the glass. And, you know, like I said, we don't really know where we're at with these blitz games. You know, a lot of teams didn't play their full squads. So, you know, playing Perth in Perth first game, we'll definitely know where we're at. And, um, you know, hopefully we can keep the wins coming. Let's talk a bit more about the Blitz. Uh, obviously, it won every game, but firstly, being down in Tasmania and then playing, especially at the at the the Derwent Entertainment Centre there, the My, My State Bank Arena, the redevelopment there. What were your first impressions of that? No, I was impressed. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful part of the world. Uh, we enjoyed being down in Tassie and uh, just you know getting out and seeing it. Um, so, you know, they played really hard when we when we went up against them. Um, they might not have the most you know imposing roster on paper, but they definitely play hard and, um, you know, no one's out there taking bad shots. They're getting through their offences and I actually think their imports are, are pretty talented guys as well. So, yeah, they're going to, um, you know, trouble some people this year and uh, we were lucky away to, to get away with a win against them when we played them. It was a lot of fun seeing Jack McVeigh try to guard you. I'm not sure he had too much success. I think you, I don't think you minded that matchup, did you? Nah, I enjoy it. Um, you know, Jack likes talking a bit out there, so had to keep him quiet. Um, but nah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy that battle when we when we come up against each other. And just uh, DJ with with the, with the teams that you saw down in Tassie, uh, can you tell us one or two players from other teams that uh, you know either you, you feel have improved during the off season or just some imports to look out for? Just a couple of names for us. Uh, you know, I think that Cairns import, McCall, uh, he's going to be an elite defender. Um, you know, I'm not sure where he's at offensively, but he's going to have to carry a pretty big load for them this year for them to be successful, I think. So he's definitely one that, um, you know, I think will be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year as well. Um, and then I think Perth, obviously having Cotton and, and Vic Law together is going to be pretty dangerous one-two combo. So, uh, you know, we'll see it firsthand on, on Friday and hopefully we can do a, you know, a job on them and, and slow them down a bit. The other great thing that came out of you, I guess, you being able to play in Tasmania during the Blitz was that you got to play some crowds. You have a look at the games that were in, in Melbourne and you know, there was no crowds there. It was a little bit little bit tamer and it must have been, it's been a long time since you played in front of a, a crowd. That must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, it's not the biggest stadium down there, but um, they packed it out that yeah. first first game and it was actually really loud in there and, uh, you know, the boys were really pumped for it. Um, obviously, playing in Perth is going to be another level again with, you know, up near 14,000, so uh, it's just going to be good for us to be put in that pressure situation early on and, and just really see where we're at. Mitch McCarron, as well. <laughs> sorry, Scotty, Mitch McCarron is your new captain. Probably the biggest signing I think across the league, I reckon, was Mitch joining joining the 36ers. I think it was that it was that big coming off what he did last year at Melbourne. He won the the MVP at the Blitz as well, the, the Ray Bourne medal, because he he just does everything so well and does, and you know whether it's you can score, but it's setting up your offense, it's passing, it's rebounding, it's defending, it's everything that he does. Um, how huge is it? We, we knew he was a big signing, but now that he's actually there and playing with you, what's he, what, how big has he been? No, he's been great. I think you touched on it. He just does a bit of everything. Mm. Um, you know, he's, 
he's leading our defense, uh, making sure he's you know running guys off screens and, and making our job as bigs a bit easier. And um, I think his his assists has really impressed me. He's he's really unselfish. Um, won't shoot unless he's wide open. Just wants to get other guys involved, and and that becomes infectious in the group. And and everyone just wants to play that same kind of brand. So no, he's going to be a great leader for the club, and and I'm just really excited to play with him. Yeah, DJ, you spoke about Bryce Cotton and Vic Law. Um, obviously, you know, two huge matchups for us uh, come Friday night. Uh, can you give us the any lot of insider trading, any little secrets about um, you know? Who you think will match up with them and, and, and how to try and uh, negate their influence? Well, I'm not actually too sure who we're, we're even starting. Um, we've had a lot of guys in and out, so <laughs> I guess we'll talk about that a bit later in the week um, once we figure out who's actually going to be, you know, sitting going. But um, I think I'll spend a bit of time on Vic. And uh, as for Cotton, I think a lot of different guys will get a, get a go on him. Um, you know, Sunday, Macca and... Uh, even Todd, I'm sure, excited to, to get that job and try and shut him down. Um, you know, it's obviously very difficult, especially when they're in a, you know, non-ball together. Um, there's, you know, op- really good options everywhere, but it's just about helping off those other guys that maybe aren't as good offensively and, and trying to, you know, shrink the floor and, and make them give the ball up. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, we, Scotty mentioned it before. You don't all, oh, you might have even mentioned it as well, DJ. You don't always take a lot of notice out of wins during the blitz, but... When you go through undefeated, and especially when you've got so many new players, you've got a new coach, it must still be a good feeling now. You must be feeling pretty good as a group coming to the season on the back of what you were able to do. Yeah, no, I think we're feeling good. I mean, I think the main thing was just how hard everyone played out there. Um, we had a lot of uh, development guys in there, and, and you know, Nick Marshall looked like he fitted in perfectly, yeah. like he's going to have a real bright future. So that, that was a exciting point from, from us veterans, seeing him go out there and, and do really well. But... Um, no, we definitely – you want to win every game you go out there. And, um, you know, even though teams aren't playing their full rosters, everyone's still trying to win the game. So it's a good sign for us to, to get away with five. And we're just hoping we can carry that form into the season and, and you know, get running and, and get some wins on the board early on. Was it that comeback win against Perth? I think you were down 16 at one point And then, obviously, you had that big comeback and Dusty was a big part of that. Is that the one you take the most part out of, especially because you're now playing them on Friday night? Yeah, that, that was a, you know, a big win. I think also the Tassie one, I think we're down like 20-something yeah. and you don't normally come back from games like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it just seems we've got this feeling around the group that we get down big and, and no one's dropping their head and, and getting negative. Everyone's just, you know, focused on the task at hand and, and getting better. Obviously, we don't want to get down that much <laughs> in games. But, um, yeah, just the fight backs, it's, it's a good sign for the group. Now, Scotty, I want to change tack just quickly and talk about the coaching a little bit. Now, I won't ask the first obvious question straight away. I want to ask about DJ's thoughts on Scotty Ninnis being part of the coaching staff a little bit before you went down to Tasmania. How did, how did Scotty do? Uh, Scotty's been great. Um, you know, he's a very, very cool head, which has been good. Cool head, Scotty. Yeah. You haven't been called that too often. Um, Gee whiz, that's uh... <laughs> it, it doesn't rant rave too much, which I like. But, um, no, nah, Scotty's been great having him down. Um, obviously, he's... He's seen a lot in basketball and he's got a lot of, uh, you know, advice to give us. So, yeah, we've got a really good coaching staff this year with, you know, Jamie and, and obviously CJ coming in. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys we can kind of lean on for, for some advice. Did you see anything different from the team from being seeing them up close on the court, Scotty, than you might have been seeing the last couple of years from, from a bit further away? Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're involved in a 
you know, day-to-day basis of being out there for a month. So I, I was really impressed with, uh, you, you know, just the overall work ethic and, and, and how much the, the, the team, you know, generally, genuinely, you know, get on. And uh, I think that's a really, really important thing if you're going to have a, uh, you know, a team that's successful can go a long way into the uh, into the season and uh, finals. You know, you, you need to have that camaraderie. And uh, look, they, you know, the trainings weren't easy. You know, there was a lot of a fitness component to it as well. And, um, you know, guys just went about their business. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited about, uh, you know, watching this season unfold and, and seeing this, this group of men, uh, you know, come together and, and, and play uh, hopefully some fantastic basketball. But I, I wanted to probably further on what you're talking about, Chris. Uh, CJ's Bruton's been out here. Uh, you've seen him firsthand for a couple of months now, uh, DJ. Um, obviously, the circumstances of him coming in, you know, was a little bit unusual. But uh, how, how have you found uh, CJ on a day-to-day basis? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I don't think he's had to really, you know, come in and yell and scream much at all. Uh, he's He very much just says it how it is and, you know, this is just what you have to do and just do it pretty much. So it's it's been good. I've had some some screaming coaches before and um, sometimes <laughs> that works. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure he can give you spray when he needs to, but uh, hopefully we can keep winning and, and he doesn't have to. But, no, I've, I really enjoyed Um, He's obviously got a really, really, really smart basketball brain. He, he knows X's and O's and, and he has all these big ideas and it takes us all as players a little bit longer to figure it out and, and kind of execute it. But um, he's been, you know, doing a really good job of just being patient with us and, and letting us learn in our own time. Now, I think this is the first time you've had a head coach who is someone you actually played against. Is that a little bit strange, or was it strange having seen him as an opponent for so many years and now having him as your, your head coach? Yeah, I mean, it is strange. You start feeling pretty old, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I mean, I got to witness firsthand just how good he was and, and how he could take over a game. So you just have a lot of respect for him, you know, as a player, and, and you know, he's done it all in basketball. So when he says something, you, it's really easy just to take it on board and, and do what he says. So I think it's a great thing that he's, he hasn't been too far out of playing and, and he's still kind of in tune with, with the players. Now, the real reason we wanted DJ here, Scotty, was to put the hard question on him. What's the chance of you playing for South Adelaide next season in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. You know I've already asked the question. But I don't know. We'll see how we go. This uh, Hopefully the season can go off with no hitches and we can be done in, in a reasonable amount of time. But, um, yeah, all that stuff, we'll, we'll find it as we go, I guess. It didn't sound too positive. So. <laughs> no, no not, not, not holding my breath, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh... Now... I want to get your thoughts, Scott, on, on DJ. Now, don't feel awkward because he's sitting sitting alongside us, but when he first came to Adelaide, do you remember what your first reaction was? It wasn't long after you were you were involved as head coach, so you might not have been paying that close attention, but did you expect him to come close to having the sort of career in Adelaide that he's gone on to have? Oh, look, I don't think uh, probably anyone could have foreseen him having, you know, you know this career that he's, had and the longevity that he's had, I think everyone was probably hopeful, uh, you know, when he came in that he could be a star of the club, but um, he's gone over and beyond that. And uh, it's just so, just his consistency is, is what blows me away that, uh, you know, you can just rely on getting 20 and 10 just about every night. And that's a, I mean, it's a testament to the way he's looked after his body and, uh, you, you know, been 
dedicated to his craft and, and always presents himself in great shape. And, uh, you know, doesn't look like there's any signs of slowing down yet, DJ. So hopefully there's, uh, there's quite a few more years to come uh, ahead of you, you know, from the, in the future. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> we never know when it's going to finish up, but no, I'm still enjoying it just as much as I always have. So, yeah, I'm hoping it can, can keep going for a while. I've got to be honest, I don't know if you've ever looked as good during a preseason. I mean, is your body feeling as good as you look right now? No, I feel good. I mean, I think the season going so long last year, we didn't have much of a break, no. so there wasn't much time to get out of shape. But um, no, I've just come in feeling good. And, and, you know, the club's been really good at um, keeping me off my feet a bit and just keeping me fresh. So, yeah, I'm excited for the season. Yeah, I mean, what, I think it's 359 games in the league you've played You've played now. There's the six MVPs for the for the club and no one, no one that's playing right now has scored more points or had more rebounds than you. Despite all of that, I reckon you're still underrated. I don't know if people rate you as highly as they should for everything you've achieved. I mean, it's a hard question for you to answer, but do you have any idea why? Is it because you don't seek the limelight or you're, you know, pretty softly spoken? You don't, I guess, look for, you know, you're not sort of over the top with how you act on the court. Do you think that's why? Or why do you think you perhaps don't get the respect that some of us think you probably deserve? Yeah, I'm not sure about all that stuff. Um, yeah, I just go about my business and... Yeah, people can think whatever they want to think, but um, yeah, I'm not haven't spent too much time trying to figure all that out. To be honest, um, yeah. you know, I feel lucky to be able to go out there and play and play as long as I have, and as long as I can keep doing that, I'll be I'll be happy. What do you think it is, Scotty? I mean, obviously in Adelaide, we know how highly we we rate him, and he's one of the all time greats greats of the club. But what do you think from the outside? He might not get the respect that he perhaps should. Oh, I don't know if it's a lack of respect. I think probably over the last couple of years, I think people have just, you know, realised, you know, what 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 a star he is. And uh, but I, I do think probably some of the things you mentioned that he's not overly demonstrative on the court. You know, he doesn't jump up and down and carry on like a pork chop. He he just goes about his business and 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 does it week in week out. And and I think that's some of the. Maybe that's it too. Yeah, you know, sometimes you look at the you look at the uh, you know the stats at the end of the game, and, and he's got twenty four points and ten rebounds, and it and it just done with a minimum of fuss and and so easily. You know, like I think that's uh, uh, you know that's once again is, is testament to to anyone when you know if you, if you ask someone a player what they want to do, consistency is is probably going to be at the top of the list of a lot of a uh, lot of players. So. Uh, he manages to do that. Uh, you know, we certainly uh, know how highly regarded he is within uh, you know, within Adelaide, and um, oh, I think the rest of the league probably are, are quite well aware of that by now too. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I think people probably underestimate how much work would go into being able to be a near seven footer and to be able to do the things you can do on the court. I mean, there's not too many people your size that can shoot and move how you how you do and. How much work over the years has gone into that, or in your, especially in your developing years? How hard did you have to work for someone at your size to be able to do the things that you you can now do? Oh, I or think, did it come naturally? Uh, I think it's kind of a problem with being put in a pigeonhole and you're a big and you can't do this and that. Mm. And um, I've been lucky; I've had coaches over the years that have you know made sure that I've worked on those other skills. And um, you know, once you get a little bit of a taste for it, and you're like, oh, I can do these 
fun things that the guards get to do. You just kind of work on it a bit more. And uh, no, growing up, I was a bit of a gym rat. I loved, you know, living in the gym and getting shots up. And um, once you figure out that hard work leads to success, um, you keep working hard. And that's kind of served me well over the years. So yeah, I think I've just been fortunate. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you trace right back, you you went to a went to a high school here in Perth that's famous for its basketball. At Wellington, they've got a, a fantastic basketball academy and. They've got a, a great club across the road from the high school. Is that is that where it all started to come together for you? Yeah, I think so. Just being in that environment where you're going against the best guys every day is was a big thing. And um, you know, all my friends were on you know state teams together and played club basketball together. So we're just always playing. And like you said, the school was right next to the stadium. So you know, lunch and recess, I was going over there and getting shots up. So yeah, it was just a good environment to grow up in to be um, be successful in basketball. Go, go. I was going to say, mate. Well. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm very happy that he's uh, shooting those jump shots to the 36ers. So, uh, uh, you know, and then uh, obviously, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, more of the same during the season. Absolutely. Now, when you do get back to Perth, how often do you get the question about why haven't you played for the Wildcats? I get it from mum and dad the most, but um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just never really uh, worked out. I was, I was having a conversation with my dad the other day, like, do you think it would have been different if you'd come back to Perth? instead of Adelaide that early on time but they just never really were interested when I was younger and then I just fell in love with Adelaide and it was just easy to stay there every every time contract came up so no I think I wouldn't change a thing very happy. I was watching the Blitz the other day and the, the pre-season game between Melbourne United and the Phoenix was played at the old cage and it reminded me that that's where you started your career but it's a great reminder of how far the league's come over the last 10 years that the club the biggest club in Melbourne used to call that their home court they now play out of John Kane Arena over in Adelaide, you play in the Entertainment Centre in Perth, you play at you know, the 14,000 seat RAC Arena. Um, Scotty's having some fun at home with his kids, and, uh, and I'm happy to have the, the background noise, Scotty. It, it creates some, some atmosphere. Um, but, but I mean, the league has come so far over your career, and you're in a great position to have seen it from that. You go back to 2008, 2009, there's a chance the league wouldn't have existed at all, and now it's probably as strong as it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy back then. Every off-season, there was talks of the league shutting down and you, you were worried about whether you're going to have a job the next year. And, um, you know, it's just night and day to what it is now, where there's guys coming back from NBA and guys going from here straight to the NBA. And um, it's just become a, you know, a very high-quality league that I'm, I'm happy to be a part of. Um, yeah, just the you look around the league now and every team is, is pretty stacked with guys you know, going into the bench that could have probably dominated over the last 10 years. So, yeah, I think the league's in a really good place at the moment. Probably the best way to sum it up is that Scotty was a coach back then and he's not now, and perhaps that highlights the strength of the coaches in the league now, Scotty. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to say, boys, um, I might have to take leave of this, uh, of this conversation. <laughs> I've got... Uh, I've got World War Three breaking out <laughs> the next room, so uh, okay, I might have to I might have to say goodbye and, and leave leave you two to wrap it up. I'll but, let you uh, I'll let you go uh, with your predictions for this weekend. <laughs> Start Friday night in Perth and then Sunday at home to the Hawks. What are your predictions? Oh, 36 is mate. Two and zero. Let's uh, let's bring it on. Oh, Absolutely, perfect. perfect. And we'll be back next week to talk about it all. Thanks, Scotty. No worries, boys. Good luck, DJ. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.
all right, we I think we could we could hear what was happening in the background there, DJ. So it was probably no surprise that he had to had to move on. Um, now that he's not with us, you can probably tell us what you really think of of Scotty Ninnis. Um, <laughs> but all serious in all seriousness, um, I'm throwing you a little bit now, but actually off track a little bit. Josh Giddy, what was it like to see how far he developed last season? Because I think once he arrived for your preseason, he was nowhere near the player that he ended up being by the end of the season. And now we can see what he's doing in the NBA. And you ended up developing a great sort of connection with him. It looked like you and you and he had a, a great understanding out on the court together. Um, what was it like playing with him last season? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Josh came in and um, I guess no one was really sure where he was going to fit in with the group. And um, obviously with Donald leaving early on, it kind of, you know, they gave him the keys and said, here you go, like sink or swim. And, and to his credit, he, he really worked hard and, and took over the club. And, uh, you know, I was I was really impressed with what I saw from an 18-year-old out there. Um, you know, the triple-doubles are nice and all that, but I think just the vision, the court vision, getting the ball to people in the right spots. And the fact he wanted to win, he had that real killer instinct wanting to win, didn't he? Yeah, he's a tough guy. Like, I think, you know... Fell over a few times, landed on his head, and he's just yeah. straight up yeah. and, and playing again. So he's obviously, you know, been raised to be, you know, a tough kid, and uh, I think it's serving him well over in the NBA now. I think, you know, he's gone to strength to strength, and yeah, I'm just really happy for him. He's, he's a great guy as well. So um, yeah, I hope he can have, you know, a lot of success over there. There's a couple of guys now, you know, Terence Ferguson is another one that you played with at, at the 36s that's now playing in the NBA. Is it a, does it give you a bit of a bit of a kick when you do turn on the game and you you see guys that you've, you've played with and used to be your teammates? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the basketball community is such a close, small small world, really, and uh, you see so many guys that you've run into over the years, um, you know, playing the NBA or over in Europe or somewhere, and it, it's pretty cool to see, you know, just, you know, not only that they're doing so well, but that, you know, the viewers can, can follow their players no matter where they go in the world now. So, yeah, it's just a, you know, a special thing to be a part of. And you talked about Adelaide now being home, and you didn't know what to expect when you got there. Um, was it when you met your now wife that is, is when you realised that that is probably going to become your home or when did you start to feel like this could be the place that I now potentially spend the rest of my life? Uh, yeah, it took, it took a little while. Obviously, um, me, me and Danielle was great and uh, you know her family really looked after me and became really my second family really early on. So, um, you know, I just always had that support network there and, and made some really good friends and, and I just love the city. So, um, put that with having a bit of success on the court as well and it was it was just a really easy decision to be there and, and now I just love it. And post-basketball, has she won the battle that Adelaide will still be home or is that a decision you'll make when you stop playing? Yeah, no, I think we're, we're pretty set in Adelaide now. We've, we've got the family home and, um, yeah, I think, you know, Hopefully once basketball's done, we'll be able to get back to Perth a bit more often than we do at the moment, um, yeah. once all this COVID stuff's yeah. done as well. But um, no, we love Perth as well, and, and we'll, we will try to get back as much as possible. When do you, have you already started to think what you might like to do post, post your playing career? Or when, when, I'm not saying anywhere near your end because you're still playing as well as you ever have now, but when do you start to think about what you might like to do when you stop playing? Or do you already know what you might want to do? Or, or how, does, how does all of that work? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously, the NBL's got a lot of things in place now that kind of try and get you ready for that post-basketball life and, and try and figure it out. Um, for me, honestly, I've, I've sat down and thought, but nothing's really jumped out. Um, there's things I'm interested in, but nothing, you know, that I really want to get into just yet. Um, I've always found, like, basketball's been, you know, the thing I focused on and just had a one-track mind a bit, and that's kind of served me well. So, 
like like you said, I'm, I'm hopefully got a few more years left in yeah. me to figure it out, and hopefully something jumps out in that time. But um, no, nah, at the moment I'm just kind of focusing on basketball and. I'm lucky enough, I've met a few people over in Adelaide over the years that hopefully can help me out once I get to that point. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's funny, or probably not funny, but it's tough how it can hit you probably when you're earlier than you expected. And I, I can immediately think of three of your former teammates that, as of this year, are suddenly not, not professional basketballers anymore with Adam Gibson, Brendan Tees and Daniel Dillon, all, all who probably are good enough to still be playing in the league but just haven't been lucky enough to be offered a contract anywhere. Um, do you feel for guys like that who, who probably thought they would still be playing in the in the NBA right now, but all of a sudden they've got to now start to think about that next phase of life? Uh, like a part of me, you know, wishes they were still here. Obviously, I was very close to Teasian. Um, you know, would love him to still be on the team. But um, I mean, at the same time, they were very lucky to have as long as careers as they've had, and and a lot of guys don't even get one year as a professional. So to have you know ten plus, and obviously Gibbo playing Olympics and Dan playing all, all over the world, you know, they've been very fortunate. So I think, you know, it's just perspective. I think guys are, are pretty grateful for what they've had and, and Teasy's pretty well set up after basketball and yep. his family's back in Brisbane now. And, um, you know, I talked to him a fair bit and he's he's very happy where he's at. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy for him that he's he's got to experience, you know, the basketball and now he's got this life after basketball, which I'm sure he did very well in as well. Yeah, yeah no, sure. Very well said. Okay, that's um, hit the home stretch. Let's look to Friday night. Um, I remember being in the building when you played the very first game at, at the Perth Arena. That was a memorable night for you. Before we talk about this game on Friday night, you have fond memories back to that historic night? It was almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, I mean, Perth's always a great atmosphere to come into and get a win and walk out and, and kind of silence the crowd. Um, you know, guys either love playing in front of packed out vocal fans or they don't I, I personally love it and um having my family there and you know friends and stuff it, it just is a good atmosphere to play in front of if we could play there every week i'd want to yep. so um no it's just exciting to be here and, and game one like i said you know we're going to be in the deep end from from day dot and we'll know where we're at so i'm excited for the group um we haven't really hit a massive challenge yet so this will be it and it'll be interesting to see where we're at both, both clubs that have a new coach. I mean, is it how much changes when you get a, get a new coach? Obviously, maybe not so much for, for you guys because obviously Connor was only there for one season and, and CJ coming in, but do you expect a totally different Wildcats team for now their first game without Trevor Gleeson and, and Scott Morrison in charge? Yeah, I think it's always going to be slightly different. Um, you know, the culture, I think, of that club was pretty player-driven, but obviously Trev was a massive part of that as well. So, um, you know, they've still got a lot of guys there from from previous years that know, you know, the culture of the club and, and probably want to keep that in, in check. But um, it's obviously going to be different. Um, as a player, you know, just learning a complete new system, um, you know, guys get comfortable and, and they, they know their looks and where they're going to get their shots from and that just changes a little bit. And it's just how long that takes for guys to adjust to it. Um, you know, for us with CJ, we're playing – completely different style that we play with Connor, I thought, I think. But I think it suits us really well this year with the group we have. So, yeah, I'm excited for us to just get really good at the system and, and um, you know, execute out there and give the fans a, you know, really exciting brand of basketball to watch. Who's more frustrating to play against? Was it 
the old Sean Reeves has got Ray Machine or Jesse Wagstaff? Oh, it's different. I, I'll, I'll probably say Sean, like he was just, you know, crazy what he could do. And um, yeah, if he got going, he, he was really, really tough, uh, tough to stop. Um, so yeah, Sean was, Sean was hard to play against, that's for sure. Um, you talk about liking playing in this building. You've actually had some pretty good success there. You take out, I guess, losing losing the grand final game three there, which was the downside. But you've won a playoff series there to decide. You've, you've probably got as good a record, I think, just about as any other club. I think at RSC Arena. Um, yeah, I mean, as a building, what, what's it like to, to play in? And you've already said you, you like the, the crowd side of it, and you like having that sort of atmosphere. But as a building, is it? Is it a good one for shooters? Is it a good one for someone like you? I think it's all right. It's not, it's not probably the best one for shooters, but um, I think the crowd's pretty set back from the court. Yep. So it is loud, but... It's not as intense as the old Challenge stadium. Nah, Challenge was, was wild. Yeah. I remember playing there. But um, I guess it's a bit like us now, um, you know, where we're at the entertainment centre. It's, it's really nice, and but it's just a little different to Titanium where the people were just sitting on top of you kind of mm. thing. So, uh, yeah, it's just a different vibe. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoy playing there. Um, you're back in Sunday Detch to, to do a good job on Bryce Godden. I know he's setting himself for, for a big night. Yeah, I mean, Church approaches, you know, every game. He wants the, the toughest guy on the other team to guard and, and he, you know, he takes it upon himself to be, you know, our leader defensively. So I'm excited for him. Um, he's a little beat up at the moment, but he's a quick healer, I hope, and uh, he should be right by Friday. So, yeah, it's always good for him to have that challenge and, and we just got to make sure we help him out as a team and you're not going to stop him just one guy. Um, it's about helping off those other guys and, and really making it hard for him. When you've got a short turnaround to then play on Sunday, how much of a, how much impact does the result in that first game on a weekend like that play on how you're feeling coming into the, the second game? If you get a big win, how good are you feeling? And then conversely to that, if you happen to lose on Friday night, does that add to the motivation for Sunday or what difference does it make if you win or lose that first game? Uh, you know, I think you always want to split those weekends at least. Yeah. That's what you're aiming for. But um, I think especially with the way the season is this year, it's just, you know, game after game after game. So mm -hmm. you don't really have time to, to dwell on wins and losses. Um, you know, it's just getting ready for the next one. So, uh, you know, obviously it's a tough game first up, but the Hawks are going to be tough as well at home and... We're excited to get back there in front of fans and, and, you know, that'll probably pump us up and give us a bit of a lift for that second game. But I think the whole weekend's, you know, pretty big early early weekend for us. Yeah, let's talk about that game on Sunday at the Entertainment Centre against the Aurora Hawks. It's Firstly, it's been a long time since you played at home. I think you spent the last two weeks of the regular season, or at least the last three or four games of last season, away from home. You haven't been able to play any pre-season games at home in Adelaide. Um, gee, you must be excited to get in front of the, the home fans again. Yeah, no, I am. Um, obviously, last year, we didn't give them much to cheer about and, and we're pretty disappointed about that. So just getting back out there and, and you know, showing the brand that we're, we're going to play this year up and down. And, and all, I'm sure all the new guys are just keen to show what they got out there and, and give the, you know, the crowd something to cheer about. Um, we're excited to go home. It's been a long time away and uh, see the families and that. But at the same time, we want to take care of business and, and make sure this year that we're getting a lot of wins at home and, and you know, packing the place out. It's funny, isn't it? You'll get home on Saturday and first time in more than three weeks, I think, and you'll, it'll feel like you're going back to a hotel. You'll spend one night at home and then you've got a game again the next day. Not a, you don't have much time to settle back in. No, nah, I think, you know, three nights, four nights back home and then we're off to Tassie yeah, again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got pretty understanding wives and, <laughs> and uh, you know, they do a good job of, you know, 
holding things down while we're gone. But, you know, that's just the nature of the sport that we play. And, you know, we're just excited that the season's finally starting and, yeah, we can get, get stuck in. Yeah, and just looking at the Hawks as well, they look to be pretty strong. They were strong last year and potentially, you know, they've, they've added some pieces, including drop Reith to Tyler Harvey, who's back again, and Justinian Jessup, who's back again, who are going to make them, them pretty strong. Um, what are you going to have to do well against them? Well, like you said, they've got a lot of weapons, a lot of different guys that can, can get going. Um, obviously, Harvey's the one we're going to try and shut down, and I think Reed's going to be massive for them mm. as well, like you said. So, yeah, they're definitely going to be a tough team to play against. Um, on the flip side, I don't know, the guards are pretty undersized. I think we've got some pretty big guards this year, so I guess that'll be a focus for us. Um, and, yeah, just trying to get a home win first up. Even last season, like you said, you didn't give them a lot to cheer about a lot of the time, and and it was an interrupted season for a lot of ways. But I think the crowds at the entertainment centre were still the second highest across the league behind only Perth. And, you know, it was around that six, seven, eight thousand mark every night. And it must be great knowing that you've got such such support in Adelaide from, from those fans who are still going to support you no matter how you're going, but you hope to obviously give them a bit more to cheer about. Yeah, no, we've, we've been really fortunate, um, you know, since the move. You know, just people have been showing up. Obviously, it's in a great location and, and, you know, it's a great night out for the fans. But uh, we want to give them something to cheer about and something to talk about and we want to pack it out. We want to get up to that 10,000 um, as much as possible. And I know from, you know, experience, once you win a few games, people, you know, really show up for you. So that's what we're trying to do this year and, and hopefully have some success. Yeah, you've, you've been very generous to join us for so long here on Sixers Fix this week. Um, how much do you hate doing things like this, Diego? Oh, I don't mind it so much. I, I prefer this stuff than, than getting up in front of a big crowd and doing sure. a speech and all that. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, like I've been saying, I'm, I'm just lucky and fortunate to be in the position I'm in. So this is what comes with it. And um, yeah, I don't mind reminiscing every now and then. So no, it's not too bad. No, you, you, you've been very generous. Um, one last one. We're all excited about what this team can do this season. What are you most excited about now coming into, into a new season? Uh, you know, I just think we haven't had success over the last few years and that's been disappointing and, you know, I just want to get that feeling back where we're, you know, we're winning games, we're, you know, building towards something special and, and just get the whole city behind us and I think we have a group this year that can do that. Um, I think CJ's going to, you know, lead us really well and I'm just excited to get started. Just quickly, one last one. He knows how to win championships, obviously. You're as desperate as anyone to win a championship. Is that what, is that the one thing above everything else that, yeah, that's that's the only thing really left to do, and that, that we're all fighting for. And and like I said, I, I honestly think this is the best chance we've had in in you know a few years to really do something uh, special this year. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh, fantastic! Thanks very much for joining us, DJ. Very generous with your time, and I really appreciate you giving up this much time for us. Thanks to Scotty for joining us earlier on the show before other things took took him away from us. Obviously, thanks to everyone who make, makes Sixers Fix possible. So thank you too. Thank you to All Star Photos, Australian Motors Mitsubishi Sports Card World, and of course Premium Wine Tours. I'll, I'll wrap it up there, and we look forward to taking on Perth on Friday night in Perth, and then Sunday where we hope to see you all at the Entertainment Centre against the Hawks. Thanks to DJ, thanks to Scott, I'm Chris Pike, and thanks for listening to Sixers Fix.